The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour program here on X-Ray FM. The show is brought to us by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. I'm Jason Dennington. On this week's show, we have two guests with stories about overcoming obstacles through activity and awareness. In the latter half of the show, We'll be joined by world-class athlete and best-selling author Joe Kermoski about his history and his organization Iron It Out, which seeks to bring awareness to a widely unknown and underdiagnosed disease called hemochromatosis. First up, though, we're going to be finding out about Adventures Without Limits, a group that takes people with limitations, be they physical or financial, into outdoors adventures to help them discover that perceived boundaries don't need to hold them back from discovering their potential through outdoor activities. To start out the show and get us fired up about zip lining, kayaking, and outdoors adventures, we have a song chosen for us by our guest from Adventures Without Limits, Jaime Fantaozzi. That was, of course, uh, Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. There's something about that song that just gets me, gets my engine going, gets me excited to get outside and do things, whether it's kayaking, climbing a mountain, uh, and and that seems like an appropriate song for our guest today, Jaime Fantauzi, who is a lead guy yep. with Adventures Without Limits, uh, fantastic local organization, well, out of Forest Grove, but that's local. Yes, yes, he's a local uh, welcome to the show. 
Hi, welcome to. <laughs> Thank you so much. And 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 uh, Jaime, you're saying your 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 voice is a little bit sore because you were out yesterday yelling at seniors. Uh not <laughs> yelling, but I need to raise my voice because we are in a kayak trip, and the kayaks have his own distance, and you need to raise a voice for everybody hear you or pay attention for doing the activity that we do. Absolutely. So let's let's just start with uh, adventures without limits. You guys, you guys do a lot. Yep. We're doing rafting, we're doing skiing, we do kayaking, all kind of stuff of outdoor that we can provide. Yeah. And so it's 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 both the activities and then it's the people that you're doing them for. So uh, yes. and again, it's it's a lot of different types of activities and it's a lot of different types of people. Yes. Yes. And the diversity in adventure without limits is big. Uh, we're working from senior people uh, to people with special needs to people with any special um, economical needs too. So we are trying to cover all people with any kind of special needs around Portland or around Oregon. I mean, so 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 the name adventure adventure without limits is referring to obviously. You know that idea of like you can you can climb any mountain, you can raft any river, but it's also referring to the 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 persons that maybe would otherwise be assumed to have limitations. Yes, yes, and it's not only the physical or emotional. Sometimes it's economical, special needs. So let's um let's 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 because there's a lot of stuff that you guys do. Let's talk a little bit about the trip that you took yesterday. Who did you have out? How many people did you have out? Where were you guys? Okay. Um, yesterday, we were working with two senior centers communities. One is Elsie's tour, and the other one is, is the Hillsborough Senior Community Centers. Uh, we got a group of nine people, and basically, we bring them to Rooster Rock to doing a three to four hour of kayaking. Most of them... They have a little experience on kayaking, and some of them don't have any experience on kayaking. And what we want to provide to them is a fun day outside to experiment and explore something new. And and at the end, for have a great day and a beautiful views all the time, because over there is amazing the views on the gorge all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you guys have no shortage of places to to take people, whether it's it's uh, Columbia Gorge or it's or it's Mount Hood or it's the beach or yep. it's, and 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 you know, and and it also seems like there's no shortage of uh, groups to serve. Uh, let's can we go through a few of the different groups? I mean, so you talk about. Um, some of the people that you take out that that financially might not be able to yes enjoy some of these sports um who who are you working with and 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 what are you bringing and do you think to those groups i mean um one of the example in the last winter we provide um hiking trips snowshoeing trip in monhood area and uh, cross country ski trips to uh wellness centers that is located in hillsboro that call in virginia garcia Virginia Garcia is di directed to more for the Latin community who working in the farm that the second or third generation, they don't enjoy too much the outside and we provide to them that activity. And we got a lot of kids that come into the activity and that activity running the whole, th whole year. So we're doing rafting with them, we're doing kayaking with them, different hikes around the gorge 
or different other state park in Oregon that uh, at the end they have a fun, great day and, and they visit places that sometimes by economical needs that they have, they don't visit. And, and what else? I mean, how do you feel like you're changing their lives? Or do you feel like you're changing their lives? Or is this about, uh, you know, giving them just a distraction? No, um, it's really interesting that during years and years, they're doing more studies that people need that outside space for psychological, emotional purposes and helping you in the envelope of all your decision of your life. So every time that you go outside and explore something new, helping to you to to be more enthusiastic, more positive to things that you do around. Um, if you don't have the opportunity to explore your environment or the places that you live around, sometimes you feel trapped or you feel that you can do that activity. And it's just close, it's just over there, 30 minutes, 20 minutes to us. But sometimes for this special community is a big limitation to really take that 20 minutes or 30 minutes. So that's Adventure Without Limit it is. We are over there for providing that service for they feel that there is somebody who provide a hand to them. Yeah, and, and it's really, it's it's amazing you guys work with, uh, like you're saying, with, with uh, the Latino community, uh, yep. you're working with, with elderly, um, and you're working with uh, some people that have physical limitations. Yes. Um, tell me about one of the trips that you've taken out with, with somebody that, kids that are that maybe in wheelchairs or... Yep. Um, last year, we got a group that in summer, they come every summer to Portland and to an area that is in Sandy, uh, that is a group of blind people. And they love Portland because they think that Portland is a city made for everybody with special needs and special for the blind people. They say that the best transportation for blind people is a max train. They say that it's perfect for them because it's easy for them moving through the city. And we provide that activity to them like like hiking, rock climbing, kayaking. Most of the time they're with a companion that helping them and that companion helping us and Sometimes who have the special needs of the companion on the special activities, but that's our purpose in Adventure Without Limit to provide and to help them for they can be there. Other examples that we have is the open enrollment trips. It's a trip that anybody can join us. And we have a community that love us for be participating in the open enrollment. And is that person need a companion? So we we helping them for they looking for a companion that help them into the activity for they have an extra hand, not only the guy's hands that going to be the leads of the activity. Jaime Fanta Uzi is a lead guy with a lead guide with for Adventures Without Limits. Uh, how about a song recommendation? Let's take a quick musical break. All right, I'm going to recommend it from. Hawaiian 13, the green, take me on. Sounds great. All right.
Bussy, it's the Nonprofit Hour. We are in the studio today talking to uh, lead guide Jaime Fantauzi, who works with a fantastic, very diverse organization called Adventure Without Limits. Uh, they're based out of Forest Grove, but they do trips throughout the region, uh, taking elderly, uh, taking uh, uh, communities that, that maybe economically couldn't afford to get out on kayak trips, uh, and, and, and taking out uh, persons with physical limitations. What? Let's talk a little bit about, about, about yourself. How did you, do you remember your first camping, your climbing, your rafting trip? How, oh, yeah. how did you become, <laughs> how did you become an adventurer? Um, first, by my parents. Uh, my dad loved always outdoor and doing camping. Um, I remember he started doing camping in the backyard of our house, <laughs> like setting up a tent and I passed the night over there with my brothers and we have a great time. And we're like, oh, we love, and we want to do this more far away from our home. And eventually I get more involved in different companies and and in my years of college, I using as my main job for study and working at the same time. And I working with so many companies that doing like kayaking, bicycle, zip lining, rafting in the island of Puerto Rico. And three years ago, I'm moving over here and I present my resume to AWL and they told me, yes, we need you over here. I'm like, yes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you grew up in Puerto Rico. Yes, I grew up in Puerto Rico. And what sort of, I mean, what, what, what sort of adventures are, what, what are some of the main sports or, or outdoor activities in Puerto Rico? Uh, there is so many um, aquatic sports like surfing, kayaking, um, and there is some like terrestrial sport, like say there is rock climbing, bicycle, a lot of bicycling around the island. And during the last 10 years, there is a lot of companies of zip line that provide activity more for tourists and recreational way. I don't think of Puerto Rico as a really a hot spot though for uh, uh, winter sports. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Tropican <'Cause>, Island. <laughs> but you, you do, uh, or at least Adventure Without Limits does take out uh, snowshoeing and ski trips. Yes, I from years and year I get in love more with alpinism trips, and in my experience of year I decide to travel. When you live in an island, you you want to explore the world. You need to get on the airplane, and you need to find that spot. Like, okay, I want to explore in this place that have snow, and I want to doing 
alpine routes or alpine climb and and that's my concern that I is one of my passion that I do on my life. And and how did you so you you made it sound so easy that you just you found them, you applied for it. Why why did you choose the Portland area? What was it about Adventure Without Limits that that attracted you here? Um I chose Portland because my wife have a job offer over here. We've been here 10 years ago and we get in love with Oregon. We're like, wow, this place is amazing. And if any job opportunity come to me or to my wife, we're going to take it. The opportunity come, the, the um, Puerto Rico right now is in an economical debate. And we have to take the decision to left our home and come over here. That is an amazing place. And in that moment that we take the venture to come here, I decide to apply to different companies around the area. And at the moment, I'm working with Adventure Without Limits, but with other two other companies too, as well around the Oregon area. And and it's, it sounds like a big part of, uh, certainly a big part of Adventure Without Limits, but also some of your motivation is to provide access to persons that, that otherwise wouldn't have uh, an ability to do these sports. Yes. And, and I mean, how does that change your relationship with the people that you're taking out on trips? Oh, they sensible, sensibilizing yourself is make you more sensible to understand the people around you. Um, when you're working with them, you have too much for learn from them. They show you so many way to look the life that is sometimes you you thinking that is through this lens that we have that is our eyes and when you sit down and working with them they show you so many special energy that at the end you're like man i i need to learn more from other peoples around me and most of these special communities that sometimes we don't we are afraid to share with them or we are a little scared to share with them but at the end, is satisfies and is amazing, and you learn so much, and and you begin to feel part that it, of that community, and begin to share a lot of things that we got in common, that begin to break break that barriers that I think is more mental and or emotional barriers that we create ourselves. <laughs> Can you? Is there is there one? Uh, a student that you've worked with or one one person you've worked with that you really saw that transformation uh, either for yourself or for, for them um, happen through that you can share a story about? Um, there is one guy that he been participating a couple of times with me. His name is Tyler. Um, and he, he have a spectrum that it's hard for him to pay attention all the time on the activity. So every time that working for with him challenged me for trying to, to get his attention and how I get his attention. And the first time is really, really challenging for me because I don't know how to do what tools that I need to do. But his companion on that time, that is Cheryl, she helped me a lot. And the second time that Tyler looked at me, he's like, oh, you're here. Let's stay together. And and 
I see the big difference that I open myself to, okay, I need to understand more him and don't trying to, to push him. I need to understand his around and how he can, I work with him. And, and he show me and, and learn to me how I doing it the correct way with him. And we have a great trip that second time. And I feel that we connecting more. And, and, and sometimes it's that, it's that connection. We need to do the connection with them. What sort of trip were you on? Uh, that trip is a hike in Mount Hamilton. Uh, it's in the gorge. Okay. That we're doing that hike. And the first trip that I do with him is another hike in, in Mount Hood that we're doing a snowshoeing trip. Yep. And for our listeners, is there is there a particular uh, hike or kayak trip that that is a secret place or a favorite place of yours that you recommend? Um, one of the places that I recommend is Trillian Lake. It's amazing that hike, even in in summer or in winter time, is beautiful and gorgeous. The forest is amazing. If you have a clear sky, you have the reflection of manhood on the lake, and and it's one unique place that I think that everybody needs to go ahead and do it. Yeah. You you seem to have the opposite of an office job. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love my office. <laughs> <laughs> Hami Fantauzi is a lead guide with Adventure Without Limits. Uh, if people want to find out more about the organization, they can go to the website. Yep. The website address is awloutdoors.org. And it's also on the website, great place to check out videos of some of the trips you guys have taken. Yeah, videos and photos. You can you can check it out. And the calendar. Too. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. How about one more song to take us out? All right. This time I have one in Spanish. It's from the group Calle 13. And his song is Me Vieron Cruzar. Let's take a listen. All right. Thank you. Perdonen que me agrande, pero soy un barrilete cósmico lo más grande. Navego contra el viento, haciendo lo imposible me divierto. Hasta que su objetivo complete, este jinete no se baja del cohete. Por un campo minado de terreno peligroso, me esquive todas las trampas de oso. Diariamente el sol fue mi testigo y la luna la que me regaló el camino. Me caí pero me levanté de la primera se levantan las flores en primavera sin rasguño se hace pequeño el universo cuando levanto mis puños le dije a mi coraje antes que te dé calambre cocíname las ganas que mis sueños tienen hambre y los deseos me vieron nacer los árboles me vieron crecer el océano me vio navegar las estrellas me vieron cruzar las estrellas me vieron llegar las estrellas me vieron perder Las estrellas me vieron ganar, las estrellas me vieron correr, las estrellas me vieron volar, las estrellas me vieron perder, las estrellas me vieron ganar. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Nonprofit Hour from the Media Institute for Social Change on X-Ray FM. To become a supporting member of the Media Institute and find out more about their work, you can visit MediaMakingChange.org. Members receive annual benefits and support programs such as the Nonprofit Hour and their summer documentary program. 
The Nonprofit Hour is also brought to you in part by generous support from Pacific Continental Bank and BusinessWorks. Find out more at therightbank.com or businessworkspdx.com. We also receive support from Living Room Realty, who are committed to living and doing business with meaning. Saravisa, where Midwest hospitality meets home cooking and the craft beer craze. A great neighborhood tavern convenient in North Portland at 1004 North Killingsworth. And Ristretto Roasters, locally owned and small batch roasted since 2005. Four cafes in urban Portland and available at local markets and online. More info at rrpdx.com. Next up, we'll be hearing Phil Bussey's interview with the metal cowboy, Joe Kermaski, about his organization working to bring awareness about the disease hemochromatosis called Iron It Out. First, though, we'll have a musical break chosen by Joe Kermaski. That was, of course, Heroes by uh, late, great David Bowie. Uh, and, and it's a song choice from our current, our guest who just came into the studio, Joe Kramowski, who is a uh, coming out with his seventh book. That's right. Uh, as well as uh, founder, and we'll talk about why, of Iron It Out, which is at iron, ironitout.org. Uh Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, Phil. And why, why heroes? Why? I mean, obviously, it's it's a fantastic song, but it it seems to have a particular meaning for you, which I think sets up this conversation. Exactly. Uh, it, it comes from the Greek uh, word for heroes, being protectors. And the idea to me, uh, I was a you know I'm a best selling author, a world class athlete, pulled my family across uh, continents by bicycle, and. Uh, this disorder, this illness we're going to talk about today, uh, hemochromatosis, uh, sort of laid me low. Uh, you know, I was circling the drain, and uh, I managed to, to get really lucky. And we shouldn't get lucky. We should have programs in place to solve this. But I got lucky. And the idea was that rather than whistling by the graveyard, uh, we can all be heroes, uh, be protectors, be every day, be prepared to help each other when something presents itself. And rather than just walk away and say, I got mine, I got, I got, um, I got lucky and, and dodged that bullet, uh, 
I decided to step up with uh, with this organization. And and you know, I mean, that's it's a great philosophy for for living and for being involved. We're gonna get into the specifics. I want to first talk about your organization, uh, iron it out, and then we're gonna sort of backfill some of the story with uh, excellent who you are. I mean, because you just you just you just whizzed right by that you pulled <laughs> your family across oh by bicycle across two continents, and we're gonna get into that because. You are your 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 nickname is also the metal cowboy. That's metal right. as in bicycles. Right, which is ironic because uh, getting that name, you know, if, you, if people that know the background as a best-selling author, I'm a travel adventure writer and explorer, and it was a blind old rancher who tapped this cane over my bicycle and myself, and and he could only feel me, not not see me. So my bicycle was my trusted old steed and the asphalt my dusty trail, and it turns out, Phil, that. He must have been a part-time phlebotomist on the side because he felt the metal, you know, that extra stored metal in me. And we'll get into that. That's that's iron it out. Um, in the thrust of this action network is that um, hereditary hemochromatosis. This, the number one deadly genetic disorder in the world that very few people have heard of. So let's right. Well, it's, it's one. It's a difficult word to say. Hematomacrosis. Hemochromatosis. <laughs> Um, you've said it uh, more times than I have, uh, so it, it, I'm sure it gets easier. But but it is iron overload disease. It is, and let's for this case, uh, sake of this uh, interview, let's call it HH, okay. iron overload HH, and uh, it's basically your body's poisoning itself, and it's got a fascinating history. If I, if it hadn't happened to me. And I am working on a book called The Heaviest Metal about it. But the idea was that it's a mutation that started with the Vikings, and it protects you. Iron is the gateway to infection, and so it protects you for the first 40 years of life. You live infection-free because what's happening is it's storing the iron. The mutated uh, uh, genetics blocks iron from your white blood cells, your police blood cells. So it can't be held hostage by the infections and taken around the body to spread disease. The Vikings had a built-in system of bloodletting. That was part of their social and, and cultural fabric. They battled within their own tribes and within the marauders and the what have you. So they beat 40 years. The idea was you live 40 years, you procreate, you passed it on, you're good. But they even lived well beyond that because they built in the idea of bloodletting. And that's the disease is that you store the, the iron in your organs and tissues and liver and brain and what have you. But the cure is so simple. It's leeches. It's bloodletting. <laughs> it's, it's something we've had for thousands and thousands of years. And the idea is that when you take out a pint of blood a week and you don't put anything else back in your body, your body's forced to make new blood. And in making that new blood, it leaches the the stored iron that's hurting you, the, the iron that's toxifying your, your, your tissues and your organs. It takes that out. And so if it was just a blood disorder, we could Keith Richards me. We could just do a full transfusion and I'd be good to go. It's only rock and roll. But it turns out that it stores the iron. And in, in making new blood, they have to look for the oxygen somewhere. To oxygenate, they look for the iron to oxygenate the blood, and they draw the the body draws it out of the affected parts. And how how did you find out that you have hemochromatosis? Hemochromatosis. <laughs> HAs. Well, here's the thing: there's no standard screening for it. There used to be when you got your regular CBC blood uh, routine blood work at the hospital. They attached 
the, the iron panel to it. They eliminated that in 1996 for savings to the insurance companies. They unbundled it so doctors have to order that. What that did was reduce, even though they found the genetics for it, it reduced the number of diagnosed early uh, diagnosed cases greatly. So what you had is I just stumbled upon it. I go in, unlike a lot of guys, I go in every year for a physical. And even then, six years of physicals, they called my little liver uh, blip a glitch. And it was because my body was working against me health-wise. I had so many things going for me. I'm not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. I eat pretty low on the food chain. I'm an athlete. Those four cards that I was playing were trumping genetically this this uh, disease for a while. But as my doctor said, if you're playing five-card poker, that card wins every time. That genetic card, it just took a while for it to catch up to me. So you didn't have any symptoms, per se, that I you did. were experiencing. I, yes, right? I, I had vague middle-aged man symptoms. And that's <laughs> what's so insidious about this. One in four people get real symptoms early on. The rest of us get these vague fatigue, headaches, uh, hair loss, um, lower libido, all of those things that you go in for and people say, oh, the doctor say, oh, hey, great. They don't do the uh, iron test. They just say, let's put you on some testosterone therapy. Let's put you on Viagra. Let's put you on some blood pressure pills. They misdiagnose. This is the most misdiagnosed and underdiagnosed disease in the world. It has an average 10-year diagnosis period. And during those 10 years, after it's kicked in, you're, you're basically sentencing that person to chronic illness and death. One other real interesting uh, statistic on my side was they picked it up with this little liter, liver glitch, and the doctor said, I don't like glitches. When I told him, oh, they've been writing that off for six years. He said, whoa, doggy, I'm going to run every test in the book. Ran everything, HIV, HPV, the whole gamut, Phil. Nothing came back except my iron was through the roof. And he said, wait a second. Let me run this genetic test. Boom, I came out back double marker. That's two mutated genes. That's full-blown HH. He got me bleeding right away, and I went from 2,600 milliliters of iron in my stored uh, organs and tissues to right now you're sitting at a man with 100 uh, milliliters. And that was in about 10 months of weekly bleeds. And at, and at some point, uh, you decided not just to take care of yourself, but that this, this should be a, a cause and a concern uh, to a, a wider group of people. Well, I did, that... I did that because I'm a, a journalist of 20 years, and I had a medical beat and an environmental beat for a, a daily newspaper. You know, I was syndicated all over. I had my own column. I, I, I have the background to dig into something, and not just dig into it tinfoil-wise, but to dig into it with going to the actual doctors in San Diego that that did the the 50,000 person studies and and researching it and it came became very very apparent very early on that this was an orphaned marginalized disease that was actually making a lot of people ill and sending a lot of people to the graveyard that didn't even have it marked on their their death certificate they were marked liver failure cirrhosis heart attack alzheimers when in fact that's the end case illness that they died from, the presenting illness. 
But the preventative thing was HH. Patrick Swayze is a perfect example. Died of pancreatic cancer. Had Remember how bronzed he was? That's one of the late stage um, symptoms. It's called bronze diabetes. I thought that was just the Patrick Swayze glow. I thought so too. <laughs> but go back to Dirty Dancing. There's no glow. There's that gleam in his eye. The ghost, he's got the gleam, but he didn't get until Donnie Darko. You started seeing that. Lordy, he's spending some some George Hamilton time in the sun. No, it's that um, so many people die of illnesses, and they don't know that hemochromatosis sent them to the graveyard. And so your organization, uh, Iron It Out, is obviously, uh, uh, is it? I mean, or first and foremost, I would assume it's about public awareness because this is not a well-known... It is. It's about awareness. In fact, we're just launching a, a, a worldwide advertising campaign. And uh, there's a really cool, on our website, uh, it, it's a, a PSA, a 90-second PSA, that's meant to jolt and shock people into action. Uh, a lot of the things I'm saying today on the radio, it really does a good job with. And we had a professional group out of L.A. Uh, make it for us. And the idea with my my getting behind this and gathering some doctors and nurses and and people, advocates that had been at it for years, was that there was no action network to this. There was education out there that was being done in a well, being done in a vacuum. It was being done hidden behind a shed. Really intelligent fantastic people at institutes that had all this great information gathered, but then they'd put out a, a, a video and it'd get 50 views in five years on Facebook um, and YouTube. That's, uh, you know, howling at the moon out in the middle of the wilderness. We need to walk this thing into the next century and really um, kickstart it and, and, and with actions. So we have four action plans that we, I mean, projects. And this is not about building an institution and employees and, and a, a facility and raising money to, to, to proliferate ourselves, to be able to proliferate ourselves. This is about being a hero, about being a protector, about looking at uh, how to solve this problem or at least blow out the awareness so that it's, I'll give you a perfect example. I was telling Josh, the producer here, I mean, Jason, Josh is uh, like Elijah. We set a table out for him, but he's, uh, he's not in the room. Um, I was telling Jason that uh, you take very, very important diseases that need all the help they can get and all the awareness they can get. But you take these three diseases, ALS, MS, and MDA, and you put them all together, the numbers of people in the United States with those illnesses, and you, HH dwarfs it. Hemochromatosis is on par with type 2 diabetes. Those other three diseases, 700,000 people suffer. From those three, those three illnesses, 3 million are actually walking around. One in nine Americans are affected by this, either by, as a carrier status or with hemochromatosis. Phil, it's a time bomb, a silent time bomb, walking around every day, and I gotta, I gotta diffuse those for people. That's the idea. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. I am talking with Joe Kramowski, who is a best-selling author as well as the founder of Iron It Out. 
Joe, how about a song break here? You got a recommendation? I do. It's um, Angels Gotta Wear My uh, My Red Shoes by Elvis Costello, because there's a great line in there, uh, my wings that got rusted. Can you say that I'm too old when angels have stolen my red shoes? Oh, I said I'm so happy I could die. She said right there they left with another guy. That's what you get if you go chasing out the That was Elvis Costello, and and uh, this is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking with Joe Kramowski, who is uh, founder of ironitout.org. Uh, how, and and uh, tell me again, how long ago did you find out that you have HH? 13 months ago. 13 months ago. So this has been a real quick turnaround. It has. Um, we started the foundation about a month and a half after I was diagnosed. I was really fortunate, Phil. A lot of people, when they're diagnosed with this, are facing an uphill battle of arthritis, their joints. That's one of the first thing that comes, first things that come on. Headaches, fatigue, uh, weight loss, impotence. Uh, they're battling, um, you know, uh, heart palpitations and... Uh, liver function issues. I was not caught early, but my symptoms and my, my actual illness was in a, uh, a very early stage. And this, another remarkable part of this, this illness, there's things that block iron that you can use naturally and in your diet. And that doesn't mean you can stop the, you cannot withdraw the stored iron with some homeopathic, nothing against homeopathic, and it's uh, very viable, but you can only reduce the amount of new iron you're putting in. You can't, you can slow the load, but you can't unload with your diet. So the idea is you have to bleed to unload the stored iron, but you can reduce how much you're putting on. And what happened with me is during those six years, my doctor figured out that I probably had this since I was 40. So about eight years, nine years. And he looked at me and said, you should be dead. Should have been dead five years ago. He goes, but your, your trajectory of loading iron was very slow. Tell me about your diet. And I, you know, we went through it. And it was fairly normal. And, he, and then I got to the part where I drink tea. I don't drink tea a little. I drink it religiously. I drink it with meals. It's my go-to beverage. It turns out that the tannins in tea block about 80% of iron absorption. Not if you just drink it in the morning or the evening, but you drink it with your meals. It marinates. It it, it, it blocks the, the food as it goes in, and the stomach blocks the absorption. So I was um, preventing my own death through tea drinking for years. 
But again, that five card stud it, it it trumps it eventually. And and also let's let's get some background about you, Joe. I mean, you also are you know you're a healthy person and you're out on adventures and and that has to counterbalance to some extent. But let's let's talk about some of the adventures that you've taken. Well, surprisingly, you know, the idea that it blocked infection for 40 years, the, that Viking mutation, I pulled, I, I went 200,000 plus miles now on a bicycle across the Australian outback. I followed the sugar train on a bicycle, 400 clicks without water, and the train would stop and get me when I, when I wouldn't have any water. I've uh, been treed by geese in New Hampshire. I've been hit by the smallest car in Ireland. I've been... Um, <laughs> Kidnapped by a bounty hunter in the Yucatan Peninsula for my own good to keep me away from the bandito slash federales that were um, pillaging uh, archaeological digs. And and because you're going through these pretty fast, I, I also want to point out that that there is more information and, and more complete stories about <laughs> uh, uh, being chased by elephants in Zimbabwe and uh, uh, banditos in six and soon to be seven books that you've read. That's right. Metalcowboy.com. And we're, we're, you know, not here to plug books, but they're a lot of fun. They're, um, you know, a life uh, off the prescribed roadways of, um, of the world. Uh, you know, there's some beautiful, the idea is that, that I write uh, satire and humor, sort of a modern day Mark Twain meets David Sedaris. Uh, that's somebody else's quote. I'm not just puffing that up. <laughs> you know, it's a slander to Mark Twain, really, but he's dead, so we'll take it. A at any rate, they're, they're a combination of satire and humor with pathos and sort of illuminating the human condition. It's all the people and the experiences I had out on the road. So it's not, it's not a how-to bike. It's a why-to uh, travel and bicycle and how to become not a tourist but an adventurer and a traveler. When, when did you take your first uh big bike trek 19 i had um i had finished my core classes in college and i was just done with being institutionalized and um uh, i set out for the territories i rode from maine to florida with absolutely no uh experience or um you know just the wits and and good luck and it was glorious you know i ended up tired and wet and beaten up and and, and bloodied and, and sweaty and sleeping on on hard ground. And and we all ought to do that in our lives. Uh, better when you're 19 than when you're 39 or 49, <laughs> perhaps, though. Hey, it's the testosterone and the, the vague discontent helps. And so for, for two, three decades, you've been super active. It's defined, it has defined your life and your career. And then... 13 months ago to hit a potential roadblock uh, it has to seem unfair. Yeah, you know, but I'm that kind of guy that uh, I looks at, um, I mean, the new book is called A Guide to Falling Down in Public and the Art of Getting Back Up. The idea is that we all get knocked down, Phil, metaphorically, uh, emotionally, politically, physically, and it's how we, we choose the next um, to complete the motion, how we choose to get up with style and grace and finesse or just get the hell back up. Um, but the idea was I felt sorry for myself for about 20 minutes and the why, you know, why the creative powers of the universe had thrown this at me and all that, you know, stage. But I'm not real good at um, 
that really bores me, and that really, um, uh, you know, I don't like to look at that guy for too long. And so uh, I decided that, um, you know, this is in the time that remains, whether it's five years or 55 years, uh, I'm going to get the hell back up. And, uh, and the tactical error this disease made was not putting me down for good. Because I'm about back up, and now I'm coming for you. I'm Terminator. And the idea was how I looked around, I studied it, I researched it really hard, I talked to the experts in the field, and I saw that there was a need that needed to be filled in. And because I have that platform, that national platform of being a best-selling author, having been on Garrison Keeler and Good Morning America and all these NPR programs, I decided with this next book— uh, you know, the theme of falling down, it's a great one to tie in with this this disease. This this is the biggest fall I've taken in my life. It knocked me down. And it's no uh, cakewalk to be bled every week, even if you are symptom-free. You know, giving blood every uh, two months is one thing. Giving blood every week, uh, you know, so there's a few trials there, but you roll with it. You, you, and, the, and very quickly, I decided that there were four things that needed to be done. One of the tragedies of this is, because it's so misdiagnosed and undiagnosed, that there's, there's all this potential blood donation that could be a win-win. There's nothing different about my blood than yours, Phil. If it was, they could do that, that um, Keith Richards thing we talked about. My blood and your blood's the same. It's the stored iron in my organs. So every time they bleed me, they should be giving that blood to, to somebody else to save a life. Instead... The Red Cross and blood banks had gone to the FDA early on and said, this is going to administratively cost a little more money to set this up. So we'd like a procedural waiver, not a medical waiver, because there's no medical reason not to accept hemochromatosis blood. Long story short, the FDA approved it. For the last 15 years, nobody has been accepting, except it's a waiver now. not a. It doesn't restrict. It's not a ban. So it's a waiver put out by the FDA. So... The Red Cross can choose to use the waiver or not. Blood banks can choose. So there's only 115 blood banks around the country. Out of 70,000 locations where you can donate blood, mobile units everywhere, hospitals, only 115 were accepting hemochromatosis blood. So the first order of business, the first project we went after was getting that FDA waiver uh, lifted. Because that's nonsense. And how's that, how's that campaign going? It's done. I was, um, <laughs> congratulations. Well, I, I thought that was a five year program. And what we did, Phil, to use a film uh, metaphor, is we Shawshank redemptioned him. You remember when he started writing the letters to the, um, the state for his library and he wrote them every day and every day and he just wore them down? Well, we used that philosophy with social media. I wrote a letter an email that basically outlined why this was a name not medically sound and needed to be lifted and how we could debate this um, nationally on television or we could do a win-win and save some lives. They ignored me. And so we, uh, we CC'd them over and over and through the closed groups of people, there's 70, 80,000 people out there just on Facebook alone with have relatives and friends and themselves with this um, disease that know they have it, we started sending emails and they blocked me and then they would send them, we CC'd 150 people in the FDA to the point where 
they couldn't ignore it. They would block us. It'd come in a different way. Three months of this, and it turns out the FDA was about to, I don't know if you remember last May, they lifted the ban on blood that um, gay people can donate. They lifted the ban on that. After 10 years of activism from the AIDS awareness organizations, the FDA lifted it. At the same time, the same week, the same day, they said in a surprise announcement they lifted the ban on the donation of uh, blood from people with hemochromatosis. Uh, so it's, your thunder was stolen a little bit, I would think, then in the, in the media announcement or not really? Oh, I could care less. I loved it. <laughs> I loved that they lifted it. This, that's the whole thing about this. This, You know, I, I, we all have some ego, and I've enjoyed my, my time in the, in the spotlight with Metal Cowboy and my books and because they're about humanity as well. I'm trying to push that message of, of kindness is the only real religion and uh, viable for me. But I've had, you know, there's ego there. This, there's no ego. I, I learned a long time ago that in a dollar fifty will get you a, a cup of coffee. I'm all about the time that remains being the real definition of a hero, and to be a protector, to be somebody that an everyday person that steps up when, when it's uh, laid at their feet. Joe Kamrowski, thank you so much for joining us today. Ironitout.org is the website and the organization. Uh, how about one more song to take us out? Would, but before we take me out, I want to mention the petition on our website. There's a testing spot to get yourself information about testing, and there's a petition to put, that's our other project, to put the panel back on the routine blood test. So please, please go over there, sign that petition, because we really need to... Uh, bring this one home. The last song I want to take us out with is, uh, is Out Loud by Dispatch. And the idea is, uh, the theme in that song is, um, if I saw you uh, and we had known each other at one time, would I walk on by or would I call your name out loud? And the idea is that I don't want anybody left behind on this. Uh, I know you and I'm going to call it out loud with this, with this disease. Joe, thank you for all the work that you're doing, and good luck with the new book. Hey, thank you. And I will walk with you Using the stars as guides path we go Knowing our time is nigh I And I will walk To be with you your hand in mine and lay your head to rest 
We'll light the candles now, they won't be lit for long. We'll know our day was blessed. I and I will walk to be with you. To be with We've now come to the end of this week's Nonprofit Hour show. The show has been produced and edited by myself, Jason Dennington, and is recorded at the production studios of X-Ray FM. You can follow us on Facebook or via our Twitter handle, at Nonprofit Hour, and find archives of past shows on our SoundCloud page or free podcasts on the Apple iTunes Store. If you'd like to make a comment or suggestion about an organization we should profile on a future show, please send an email to nph at mediamakingchange.org. We'd like to thank our guests on the show this week, Jaime Fantauzi of Adventures Without Limits and Joe Kermoski of Iron It Out. We'd also like to thank the Media Institute for Social Change, our host Phil Bussey, KXRY Radio X-Ray FM, and to you, our regular listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a great week. And join us again next week at noon on Monday for the Nonprofit Hour Show. <laughs>